Thank you very much, Siri. I'm really glad to be part of this. I'm seeing already some familiar faces from Greece and all over the world. Hi, Elena. Uh, so I'm glad to start with this. And yes, it's very important, as Siri said, it's not here, I'm not here to teach you. I'm here to exchange knowledge, which is the basic thing of our mindset as we're talking. So, Siri has just shared a link uh, to the chat, the poll everywhere one. So, it's already open. You can go there and uh, mark your spot in the world because it's going to be the first thing that I'm going to ask you. But you can start doing it from now. So, having said this, I'm moving on to sharing my screen. Thank you very much. And Harris, if you were able to speak a little louder or put your mic a little closer, um, you're just a little quiet. Okay. Uh, uh, much is it better. better now? Yes, okay. much better. Great, great. So uh, I'm going to start presenting. Uh, you'll see my screen, I suppose, right? So um, as Siri said, my intention is to uh, like go through the cases that I have to present you today and then having a conversation but if it's something that you need to to ask or communicate throughout feel free to um, just drop by and we're gonna try to keep the time boxing so this is the name of the presentation as you're already aware from the meetup it's uh, the why of retrospective and some stories behind the scenes on how we choose uh, why we do a specific retrospective. And uh, the agenda is going to be this one for today, a few words about myself, then get to know a bit the audience, the purpose of this presentation. Uh, I call this section the fast track what, how and why of retrospectives, uh, why a specific retrospective, and here is the main part. Uh, we're going to go pretty quickly to the first ones. And then here is the main part with the cases. And then, sorry, uh, we're gonna have the Q&A, if not in between. So a few things about me, seems a lot, but I'm not gonna say all this. So I was born and raised and currently located in Greece. I have a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science and then a Master in Sound and Music Computing. And my experience is um, four years uh, as a QA engineer and agility member, three years as a Scrum Master and Agile coach. I've been working with uh, Scrum and other Agile frameworks since 2014. And currently I'm coaching marketing teams. It's pretty new it's since May 2020. Uh, Never mind of all this stuff that you see for the certifications. Okay, I'm, I'm a certifications guy, but I don't want to give uh, a specific mention to those because to me, it's just having this, the certification is just a journey and it actually shows the dedication towards a domain. So because it's something that I'm really into it, I'm trying to get the most out of it. So no worries, some of you may be familiar with all these uh, terms and jargon and acronyms some of you know but it's fine no worries and now comes the part of where are you located in the world and if you haven't answered yet let's see so here is a nice map okay we see uh, 
in the US, uh, here we have population, and then we have UK, Greece, some as we said, and one from, if not more, from India. Okay, I just saw another one in Greece. More UK. Okay, nice. Uh, just to let you know that you can uh, join this uh, from your web browser or from your mobile if you want to participate. And uh, then we go to the next one, which is what's your main role in your team or organization? And I'm going to kick off the next interactive slide. So just write it down, it's gonna be a free text. So it's a word cloud, so the more answers uh, we get in a specific craft, the bigger the word, if you're not aware of how this is working. So we have Agile coaches, Scrum masters, and then we have some uh, dev lead, I suppose, and head director. It's a bit strange the way that it's presented, but afterwards I can deduct the answers, operations, delivery, product lead, but we're mainly under the Agile Coaching and Scrum Master in some of product owner, I suppose here. Okay, I'm gonna give just a few more seconds. I'm just having my timer here, so if I look, it's not like texting on my mobile, just looking at the, the timer. Uh, great, so uh, then let's move to, to the next one, which is what's your experience with agile coaching or facilitation? Wow, that's a lot of experience. Yes, true. Okay, I saw it stabilized. So I guess we have not, uh, not much right now. I'm gonna give it just a few seconds more. But for sure we have a pretty experienced audience. That's good or not regarding how I deliver the content. <laughs> good, okay, we have a pretty experienced audience, which is good. Uh, so, back to the presentation. Uh, to be honest, if we were talking about uh, Scrum Alliance's uh, levels of experience, this would be mainly in um, like, uh, 
start the beginner to intermediate presentation, I would call it. But I'm a very big supporter of that any conversation can convey any meaningful outcome. So we can do a great conversation and maybe give the, the input. You can give me your input afterwards. So the purpose, not of this presentation, but in general, the purpose. So uh, Start With Why is a pretty, it's a book that is pretty commonly we refer to in any training, conferences, workshop, whatever. It's by Simon Sinek. Uh, I read this book a few years ago and it's actually, it was a pretty game changer for me because uh, after that I was really focusing in many things in the why we do things. So uh, pretty fast as he states, uh, he has this golden circle as the model where uh, in the what part it's the result of uh, what we do, the result of why, the proof of why we do it, the how is the process in the middle of the circle, specific action that we take to realize the why and the why is our purpose which is in the uh, bullseye of this circle which is your cause and what you believe in which is actually the strongest motivator of why you do many things in, in life in general. So after reading this book I was asking pretty frequently myself why for many things, even trivial things uh, within the company, within, within the context of, for example, why we're doing a meeting, is this uh, like purposeful or not, or deeper meaning of life, like core values and, and etc. So actually the, the title of the presentation is inspired by this, and I'm gonna base this in, in this why, you're gonna see in a while how. We're gonna, we're gonna do this. So uh, the purpose of this presentation, the why of this presentation, so it's to present my approach on choosing uh, different uh, type of retrospectives in some real life cases, uh, providing a different point of view uh, for us to, to think and get give and get feedback and set the stage for everyone, of course, to, to share similar experiences. Uh, this presentation is not about learning how to facilitate retrospective, but we, we have a pretty experienced audience, as we saw. Uh, I'm not going to go very much into the specifics of its presented retrospective canvas. And of course, I'm not claiming to like present any breakthrough technique or silver bullet solution that works like an empirical process and based on previous experience. So, regarding the retrospective, Going back to the circle, what what is a retrospective? According to the Scrum Guide, it's an opportunity for the Scrum team to inspect and create a plan for improvement. How we do it? There are many ways, but one of the most common is, are the retrospective canvases, and the, most of them are based on this five stages approach that maybe all of you are aware of uh, from the book Agile Retrospectives, which is set the stage that their data, generate insights, decide what you do, and closing. And the why, again, the Scrum Guide gives us a purpose for the retrospective to inspect, to inspect how the last sprint went, regards people, relationship processes, identify potential improvements, and create a plan for implementing those improvements. The thing is, why, my question is, why a specific retrospective? So, regarding the specific retrospective, the what is um, what the specific case that we have in front of us, 
what is the circumstance, what do we want to address, how is by using one of the hundreds of canvases that are out there based on this five stages approach, but uh, why we choose a specific retrospective. And now it's one more moment for you to tell me, right in the, again, in the poll, why you're doing a specific retrospective to see a bit of your reasoning behind this. I'm gonna give two minutes and then let's see how it goes. I think I'm having a very hard time understanding from this word cloud. I haven't tried it uh, with uh, more than one word before, but in general, I see like the most prominent team to improve, inspect and adapt, improvements, celebrate, something about the increment, important idea kaizen i like that coherence suppose it goes with the team or um boredom i like that too fight something about embrace adapt usable just picking up some some words that i see uh, waste versus complaint something about complaints there okay good so i'm continuing with moving on with some of my advice apart from the one that the scrum guide says so uh, when I do retrospective, I want it to be fun, interesting, different maybe, not dull, boring, or just another meeting that we do with the team. Uh, I want to break the loop of people's agendas of what is expected. Uh, I want the team to want it, to be waiting for it. This is something really important because, to be honest, I'm really glad when uh, we're saying like, uh, hey, oh yes, this is Friday morning, we're having our retro, cool, I'm coming to work like with a lot of uh power and energy and then i want it to be a learning experience and also i want to bring the team together and bridge relationships uh, of course some of them uh, have been mentioned from you as well some of them are in the scrum guide and in the theory but uh, this goes to the specifics of retrospective for me and now we come to the main part so it's the why so we got a bit bitter into some of my cases so case number one we have a retrospective for a new team uh, when i say a new team is whether it's a newly formed or the a team that i take over so i consider it to be new for me or for the scrum master and the how the canvas it's a sailboat 
speedboat, winds and anchors, you name it. There are many names for that. Uh, and the why. Uh, I think that this depiction helps uh, the Agile team, which may be new to, to the Agile in general, to understand the concept of the retro. I think that it strengthens the feeling that we are on the same boat and we work or sail towards a common goal like this exotic island. Uh, it's simple to prepare and to execute. And then the drawing, I think in general, you're going to see it also afterwards, uh, makes it not another dull meeting. So, and of course, there are some extra points if you have teammates that can really help you because not all the drawings that you're going to see are mine that can really help you. Uh, with these drawings. I think that we had some, uh, yeah, in the chat. Yes, so the question is if I try to hit all the whys in every meeting, um, or emphasis on main why. Uh, can you please elaborate a bit, Wasim? Uh, hi, Harris. Yeah, I, I think I was just trying try to understand, like, you know, you listed five, six whys, and I was wondering, do you pick one main why in your head for that session and saying, I really need to, you know, like maybe everyone's feeling quite down, so you want to maybe, you know, pick one to, to focus on that, or like, you know, or there's a very big issue that you want to like, you know, get everyone to be reflecting on that. So you you pick one of those as as your main theme for the thing, or you're trying to like always okay. at the end kind of say, have I ticked all the boxes? Uh, no, the, the initial idea is that I said like some of my whys for this specific one, but then in a more analytical way, they're depicted in the cases. So there's no correlation. So case one goes with this why, case two with this. Maybe they're touching different of, of the whys that you saw, and they're more analytical, of course. So many of them are going to be touched, but if, if you want to make a specific question on if you like something from the initial wise or you have a question feel free to to make it as we move forward was that clear yeah thanks yeah. okay uh, another question uh, do you capture these notes for next retro to ensure the points actions are discussed uh, you mean the notes of the retro or the notes of of the whys that we are presenting, Radhika. Hi, hi, Harris. Hi. Um, yeah. So what I mean is, uh, like these note posters that you do um, on the canvas, do you then um, capture it somewhere so that when you come to the next retro? Because uh, I think quite often what happens in meetings is you discuss a lot of things, you agree a lot of things, what you're going to do, um, but it's then forgotten after that meeting mm. so how do you ensure whatever you've captured on on, on this really lovely colorful board mm -hmm. um, doesn't then get forgotten and is actually implemented during your sprint and then sort of also track it to say did we actually do that and if we did that mm -hmm. um, have you done it well do we need to continue doing it do we need to stop doing it so you know to kind of make sure you're refining even on on, on what you've agreed okay so this is a mainly retrospective question. Um, I've tried different things with different teams, like tracking notes of all the little post-its that you see here. But after all, especially if you're dealing with more than uh, one team, it's kind of impossible for to, to keep tracking. And then you give it to the team, maybe to maintain a confluence or whatever page to, to have it. And then you see sometimes that 
teams are pretty okay structured and they want it or other teams are not doing it the main thing is to keep tracking of the action items that you're taking in order to improve and treat those action items are as as tasks in order to move forward and to see the team improving so this is my main focus and because this is mostly retrospective and facilitating question uh, i didn't include the actions here because i'm supposing that we have so maybe in some of the next uh, slides you're gonna see some action items but i always keep tracking of the action items that we take and this is my main focus in terms of like tracking down of course was that clear yep thank you great so moving on to the next one so the next case is a retro for a team with a new scrum master so let's say that we have an existing team with an existing sprint length and scrum events into place that have already gone through some iterations uh, i tackled this as a weather report uh, canvas as you see here and the why is that uh, Scrum Master can have the feeling of the team's mood, uh, the team's point of view and arguments of what is going on in the, regarding the team, the feelings of the team about the previous iterations and the next iteration. This can be extended a bit to a few iterations in the past in order to get some more historical data and of course to grasp the feeling of the future. So it, it's proven that this is helping me to get the mood and the point of view and the standpoint of the team regarding the, their iterations and uh, the processes that they have into, into place. Uh, I'm not sure, yeah, it's gonna pop up if we have another question. Um, so these were uh, pretty simple as we move on, it's gonna be a bit uh, more, uh, let's say deep maybe. Another case is a successful sprint after consecutive failures. Uh, I don't know if it has happened to you, but to me it has happened many, many, yeah, a lot of times. I don't know if it was a team's issue or my issue, but uh, the team couldn't meet their sprint goal for consecutive, for consecutive iterations, but finally achieved it. Um, so, how I tackle that i tackle that like in a reverse way like the destroy the sprint or negative thinking technique that it's uh, part of design thinking uh, obviously i could do something like um, a celebration or stuff but uh, i choose to do this because i i think it, it's written in theory also that negative thinking in problem solving is very powerful tool itself uh, the team can use all the experience that they have from the previous failures to become creative. Uh, after that, another reason is that I didn't want the team to settle on success because uh, they said, okay, now we have it. Yeah, let's go. No, it's not a settling. So I want you to fail it. Uh, it's a plot twist, of course. It's unexpected because the team would expect maybe a celebration, but I call them to fail the sprint again in any way. Um, the team is trained on how to overpass the disaster because here in the first list, you're gonna see how I, I put them to make the sprint fail. Okay, it was a successful sprint, but how would you make it fail? 
okay? And you can see some pretty creative things here, like bring some people back, excluding the names <laughs> in any way, uh, that they weren't a good fit for the team, uh, like um, uh, commit, and they said like commit continuously stuff without seeing anything, uh, not doing any how in planning, over committing, we have some pretty creative stuff here like uh, burn PCs or yes. <laughs> so uh, people are coming with ways of how the sprint would fail and then I call them on the right column to find the solution for each thing. So it, it's common practice, but the why is I want them not to settle and for all these reasons. And of course it's fun. So it's one of the main whys that I choose the retrospectives. So, I think that uh, the team trains itself on how they can overpass and they can see that any failure can then uh, be transmitted into a success or they can find a workaround in order to, uh, to solve the problem. Um, as we move forward, another case, I call it things untold and detailed 360 feedback. So what we have here, we have a team that team members were having a lot of complaints from one another, but they weren't expressing them, uh, even in the retros, and they were expressing them privately to the Scrum Master, which is quite good in terms of having this good, trustful and confidential relationship with your Scrum Master, but it's things that the team needs to express to one another. So um, I created the grid that contained all the crafts of the team, the two axes, as you see, it was a cross-functional team, and so that anyone could give feedback to anyone else, and of course to themselves. So, for example, the QA should give feedback to the QA. So, okay, and uh, why I did this? Uh, so, of course, feedback was both uh, here. It's what we did well, what the team did well, and then what the team wants to improve. So, both positive and negative. Uh, so I, need, I needed to find a safe platform for everyone to speak their thoughts and express their complaints. Uh, I wanted to be detailed, but not in a personal way. I didn't want to become a fight like, oh, for example, George did it or John did it. And no, I, I wanted to be kind of safe, keep a balance. Uh, as I said, both positive and negative feedback, just to keep the balance. Uh, Self-retrospection is included for every craft and um, everyone is participating, no exceptions to the roles, no exceptions for the introverts, everything is written and I'm saying no exceptions to the roles because in this specific case there have been some uh, complaints for me as a scrum master for the PO, uh, maybe the team wanted us to be more more focused uh, and we weren't, so we were there to, to hear also these uh, uh, complaints. So I thought that there is a message, but yeah. Uh, so how did the retrospective change with being full-time remoting? Um, yes, uh, the full-time remote teams, it's something that I didn't in include here because it's been yeah, the last, let's say, five months now. Uh, but the thing is that I try to replicate things like this and um, maybe to do regarding, of course, based on the team's experience and maturity, maybe to do some more like um, 
training focused or as I said, like in my wife's to become more aware, let's say, to reflect on the scrum values and how we're going, uh, how we're doing based on the scrum values since we're remotely and we're individuals over, over tools and, you know, these kind of things. And of course, I'm trying to replicate this. Uh, the tools here come in place uh, with uh, Miro or Mural or whatever. So I'm replicating canvases over there. Another question, how did you create the psychological safety for people to provide this 360 feedback they were previously? Uh, well, to be honest, they, they weren't comfortable only with complaints. They didn't, they weren't sharing also the goods because they were, the good is something that they would expect. So if I commit something and it's not breaking at all, Mm, okay, it's fine. But, you know, there are these trivial things that maybe it's a hard commit, but no one is telling you, hey, you did great there. So things I'm told in general. Uh, psychological safety. I was pretty active as a facilitator in terms of trying to maintain the balance. So if we were going through like personal attacks, if there were any, I was trying to say, okay, let's not doing it personal. Let's see how we're gonna make it as a case to improve as a team. So it's not about George, the Android developer, for example, it's about how we can improve the interaction with the craft. So I was trying to not make it personal in order to, to provide this psychological safety. Any more question on the questions? Another one. Is there any online resourcing pointing to various retro techniques we may use in different contexts? Mm, I don't have in mind specific uh, uh, research based on the context. Uh, if you search like, so the thing is that having the what into place, like what I want to achieve for this specific team in this specific time, I'm searching for it. So how to provide psychological safety in the retrospective, for example. And then I'm just Googling and I'm finding different techniques on, on blogs. And maybe there are people that are saying, okay, you can use this technique as an icebreaker, especially if the team goes through hard times and stuff. So there is not a resource that aggregates all this stuff, but I'm searching here and there for every different uh, case. And maybe in some cases, I come up with something of my own. So, for example, I don't remember having seen somewhere this grid that I show you. Maybe, maybe there is. Maybe, but, you know, there are so many things that we read and we do that I'm not aware of it. Uh, but, you know, with experience, you try to mix things up and come up with uh, something tailor-made to your needs. Okay, I'm moving on to the next case. Yes, yes. So, special purpose, tailor-made retrospective. So, here we had an organization's need to define and to align on specific release process. And there was no CICD still in place. So, we need to come up with something. And what I did, I wanted to make a focus retrospective on this uh, release process or release train, as it said, 
and um, I just created a simple format of plus and minus, which I don't recommend like in general having a retro just with plus and minus and just these pros and cons uh, for different reasons. I, I want to spice up my retrospectives in general, uh, but this case, because it was really specific for something technical, uh, and then we're coming up with this really strain. I came up with this, um, just some, if, you, if we can call it storytelling and express this as a trains uh, or a, a train driver's point of view to simulate the release process. So I draw a, a train here and then I said, okay, we have pros and cons, how can we name it? Like delays and destinations. So what pushes us back and what's pushing us forward to towards our destination. Um, the why behind of this, um, it's uh, tailor-made, the specific purpose, as I said, uh, incorporated uh, this solution, uh, incorporated a problem and solution incorporated into the retrospective. So it's focused on the problem that we need to solve. Uh, this could be a standalone activity, by the way, but I chose to do it on the retrospective because it seemed that this release process thing was affecting our solve team's uh, performance and um, obviously we're using the team's experience and expertise of what's going wrong over a larger period of time specifically for the release process and again this is very important uh, we need to use the team's autonomy which like hopefully we have the team's autonomy and expertise and expectation on what's need to be improved for a new flawless, if it can be a release process. Um, haven't figured out how this works. Mm, yeah. So, okay, Elena posts something about retrospective tools. Thanks for that. Um, all these retrospective techniques can be held on a team that is in forming stage. Um, I cannot really say at the moment that, hey, this is for a team that is forming or norming or storming. Um, uh, this is mostly, this was, all of these are uh, cherry-picked and tailor-made regarding the team's needs. So, if you feel like with what I'm saying and if my reasoning makes sense to you that uh, it's something that a new team can get value out of it, yeah, why not? It can be used. Some of them may be a bit, especially, okay, when we say forming, we don't include the parameter of uh, the agile maturity of a team. Maybe it's informing, but they've been uh, quite experienced in agile. So some of them may be a bit advanced for some teams that haven't prior experience with Agile. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I say that if it fits you, it fits the, the needs of your team and you think like you can deliver it, why not? Uh, okay, you're sharing some nice links here. And exchange, good. So we move on. This is a bit more complex uh, or not case you're going to see in a while. So I call it like facilitators as upskill. So this is any vanilla case retrospective that needs no special needs, not a specific issue to address or resolve a team that just retrospects 
over the last iteration with no big issues, no special case, no nothing. Okay, so we need just to do the retrospective. And how? Variation of the following that I think that maybe all you're familiar with starts up, continue, match up, glad, three else, four else, keep add, less, more, work didn't work, it's changed. And here's a match up, glad format. Here is uh, what I call like this um, happy, sad, insightful. These flowers are for thanks. The four else here, like lacked, learned, longed for. And here is uh, like what worked, what could have done better, what would you like to change, and things. In general, I try to include like a column like this uh, flower giving, for example, or presents, or kudos, or thank you, because I, I, I want a bit for the team to have this appreciation and gratitude for, for each other that they work together and they're doing things together. Um, and why I'm calling this a sub sleeve? Um, because they're pretty simple, it's a basic format. It's something that the team maybe is used to because, um, you know, um, some, some scrum masters and coaches don't want to spice up things or to vary a lot, which it is fine. Okay, uh, just my it's a personal style, uh, but I think that every scrum master should have in his toolkit this sleeve, as I call them, retrospective. That's something simple that can run. It can just use it, go and use it, just draw and the columns or whatever the quadrants. It, there's no much hassle on it. Um, and of course, we're we're all human. I found many times myself like being tired from another meeting for from a full agenda or from conflicts that the team has and I cannot address or I cannot really uh, think with clarity what I want to do so I, I just go with the, the, the normal stuff the, the easy stuff um, and it's convenient it conveys all the needed information to do the work to address some issues take your action items and even the last minute so I was for example I mean, it has happened many times to have a retrospective at um, uh, three and then something comes up and says, okay, at three we have an all-hands meeting or we have something that uh, cannot be postponed. Let's move it and do it now. And I'm not prepared, for example. I say, okay, let's go. Let's, let's do it. So this comes also with experience, but having been prepared with going with something uh, easy, uh, I think it, it also helps. Let me check why well, it's not appearing. Okay. Space for appreciation, totally agree. Space for appreciation is very important. We spend most time focusing on negative. Yes, that's true. That's true. That's why I'm trying to Thanks, Wasim, for that. I hope I'm spelling good your name. And this was it. What I this this ace thing you can call it vanilla, whatever you like. But it's something that I found uh, very helpful throughout my experience. A question from Nawaz: How to promote and engage dev team so they own it? 
and come forward and suggest how do they like to conduct retros, even suggest facilitation technique, rather the rather retro technique coming from Scrum Master the times. Yes, that's that's a good thing because uh, in general, what Scrum Master, what Scrum Guide says is just the, the team needs to have the retrospective and needs to have a facilitator. It doesn't dictate that the Scrum Master should always be a facilitator. And this is a quite good thing because, especially for the teams that are together for a long time, based on their um, on the product or on the um, company, on the organization needs that they are, I think that it's something uh, that maybe you know you're you're building this relationship of facilitation. You you give your own style in it, and it's something that the team can expect from you. I mean, you cannot change. Uh, for a year or two years, uh, everything to spice up your retro. Maybe it's going to end up being a bit uh, dull. And of course, maybe there are other reasons, like you need also, you, you want and you need to participate and say your opinion. So you may come up with um, saying, okay, guys, do you like the retros? Does anyone feel like having being a facilitator, having the next one? And then you can also participate as a participant, as a member of the team, and you can also express your opinion, which is something really powerful. Um, but this is a way to say it. And then, in general, I try to refer to to the theory and the fundamentals. So this is my trick, let's say. So say, okay, guys, Scrum Guide, what I told you in the beginning, Scrum Guide says that uh, the retro needs a facilitator. It doesn't have to be the Scrum Master. Now we've done together like six, ten, I don't know how many retrospectives, but then uh, someone else can do it. Do you want to do it? And then you can see that uh, there are people that are kind of uh, holding themselves back into like proposing themselves for being facilitator, uh, it has happened a lot of the times. So then little by little, if uh, if you start with someone, then you can see more people getting on board to facilitate. Okay, so moving on to the next. So I love this one. A retro based on a current or special situation that is going on in the team, in the country, in the world, whatever. So when circumstances allow it for, for a creative retrospective, I'm full on and I'm taking advantage of events like Christmas period, for example, some Valentine's, Eurovision, some contest. I don't know if you're aware in the US about it, but in Europe for some people it's a pretty big thing, uh, Oscar awards in order to create a special and different retro. So how to use it as a nice breaker or like create specific canvas for that. For example, here is a retrospective inspired by Oscar awards. So to describe the sprint as a movie and of course the reasoning behind why you choose this specific movie. Uh, more examples here like uh, Christmas, uh, we draw a Christmas tree and we said, okay, we need to like put on all the toys and stuff based on how good or bad are the things. So different colors mean different things from totally negative to awesome and stuff. So the theme is coming up with this and it's kind of bringing on Christmas mood. Uh, extra points if you combine it with uh, Secret Santa for the team. So I've done this and it worked quite well as well. 
Uh, here we have a Valentine, so it's pretty common to give out chocolate, and especially Lacta is a chocolate that's pretty famous in Greece. So we say, okay, instead of giving the kudos that we were saying before, uh, give out uh, chocolate to someone in the team that has done something good for you or for the team, or maybe outside the team. And this is also good if you start a retro like this. So we're going to talk, only we'll give a kudos. So everybody uh, wants to eat chocolate and wants to share the good stuff. And of course, wants to speak maybe, but he has to do this first. And of course, you're trying to engage people, not having end up like with the people full of chocolate and calories, you know, and the rest uh, like struggling and being on the diet. You, you, you try to, to balance things out as a facilitator. And... Um, this was another, it was pretty successful, but then when I did it, like uh, the sprint as a Eurovision song, so everyone had to uh, correlate a song. It was after this Eurovision contest, a song for any Eurovision of the history uh, with the sprint, and of course to name why. So in the things to uh, why he chose this as a good one and what it can mean in terms of the negative points. And bonus points here, if you have like a speaker and you can also put the songs playing into the background because it creates, um, I'm going down in the wise from the bottom up. It's very fun, engaging, creative. So having this also playing, you can have a bit of, you know, humor and fun and laughs. Uh, it sparks the, both the facilitators and the team's creativity on coming up with something like this. And it's usually people want to discuss about big or special events. So if it's a soccer game, for example, that let the final of the Champions League or whatever, they, they keep talking for that. And they make them like in the, in the retrospective, like discussing and not being there mentally. So, uh, okay, I'm taking advantage of it. I'm saying, okay, you want to discuss about this? Let's do it discuss it but then you have to map it in our team in our sprint or whatever um yes so i have some counting notes here uh, i think yeah shouldn't we as scrum master encourage teams to uh i don't really get the acronym here can you please help me rohit Anytime, inspect and, inspect and adapt. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, shouldn't we as Scrum Master encourage teams to inspect and adapt anytime there is a need rather than every two, three weeks in a retro? Team can self organize to say what we need to inspect and adapt anytime they feel like. Sure. I mean, in, in, in any case, you, you inspect and adapt on the daily, you inspect and adapt on the sprint goal, in the backlog, uh, in the planning, you inspect and adapt on, on the backlog and to, towards the sprint goal. You have to infuse this idea to the team that you do it every single moment. Uh, but in the retro, being specifically a, a dedicated meeting for inspecting and adapting, you can play with, with some things like that and make it a bit more cheerful, more playful, uh, gamify it a bit maybe. Uh, one of my team just did Super Mario. Yes, nice. Uh, of course, with the gamers, you can do many stuff. Uh, then I'm seeing like uh, soccer championship for sure. 
assuming for distributed remote team, we have to be mindful of different people's cultural backgrounds uh, when thinking of a retro based on current special, of course, of course. So uh, these uh, retros, if, if, I mean, of course you have to be mindful, not insulting anyone or um, for all these uh, things. Uh, I wouldn't run like, I don't know, kill the cow in a vegan team, retro thing, <laughs> or if I knew that in the team there was a vegan, or create a pizza with whatever. So, you know, um, you have to be mindful, of course, and you need to be careful what events you, you choose. Uh, and this is no matter if it's distributed, remote team, or collocated, you have to be mindful. Um, Otherwise, run risk of excluding some participants. Ah, it's uh, for, for example, have no interest or knowledge of Eurovision. Uh, yes, th this is this is a concern that it's quite real because you see there that there are some people that have no interest at all, but then you see like the whole the the, the rest of the team being fired up with discussing this thing. Um, you have to find your way out as a facilitator and you ha you have to encourage those people to participate like okay for you uh, you can google it go to the wikipedia I'm, I'm sure i'm sure that you have heard at least one eurovision song in your life it's very trashy you have danced to it in some occasion just uh, yeah we, we can wait for you the rest of the teams are already starting sharing songs and maybe they have two or three they cannot find which is the one that best fits the situation, but uh, you can come up with stuff to to make it inclusive for everyone in the team. Uh, okay, next one. A retrospective to address serious struggles. I just put the canvas here, and we're gonna go back. Oh, here you can see, for example, the action section, as I said before. So I have five pillars, let's say here, people, processes, technical delivery, communication, collaboration. What is this? A team that is going through several serious struggles. Somehow they're not addressed in previous retrospectives, uh, like the one that I put with the grid. Maybe this case was a bit different. Um, I created the canvas, if we can say, to depict the main areas of the team's work and collaboration domain. So here you can kind of, again, be based on the theory, like, okay, we have people, processes, tools, you can come up with some more, uh, but you can kind of in the coach still a bit as a facilitator to say, okay, I am seeing that this team really sucks, sorry for that, for in, in the delivery part, okay? or in the communication part, or in the extroversion with other teams, whatever. You can put it there as a, as a pillar. So you can kind of still like, kind of as a facilitator, you need to be neutral and you stay neutral, but pinpointing this, it's just like a food for thought for the team to say, okay, what about extroversion? Are we extroverts as a team? Are we talking with the other teams? Are we discussing our issues, asking for help, giving help? This kind of stuff. So you're provoking this way of thinking. So it's one of the things that I found out working if I want to 
direct the team without telling them so in a specific of course maybe it's it's a failure maybe no one really understands or realizes or maybe i'm wrong and they're not so you just play around with this stuff and some of the why's is because previous retrospectives weren't as effective maybe it's because to all this most cheerful aspect that i presented before uh, because in general i i try to make it a bit cheerful but sometimes you 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 you're to that point that serious things as the title says needs to be addressed um once again people were addressing privately issues so this gave me like food for thought on how to categorize those issues and put it in the columns and this format has proven to work for me um, in a frequency of four to six months so when things are starting piling up maybe you need to do it earlier maybe yeah depending on the team the situation as i said no silver bullet so uh, yeah, you, you, you can come come back to it over a special frequency to since since I saw that this is working with a specific team, I said okay, I will have this as a cornerstone, and if I want to make things serious, I will go back to it. Um, another case, so the teams wants to skip the retrospective it can be quite common because the team it's tired, it's busy, it's bored uh, because of me as a facilitator, because of the weather, I don't know what, so I don't want to do the retrospective or they maybe they want to avoid the issues, they thinking that, oh, we're going to go into five now, so drop the retro. Of course, once again, you need to be mindful because if it's release at stake, you may skip the retro, but if there is no serious issues there, you shouldn't do it. I wouldn't like uh, advise anyone to do this. So what I do is trick or treat, I say it in the quotes, or else gamify the retro. So, okay, I said, okay, let's not do the retro, let's just play a game. How? Maybe with Legos. So here was, okay, just describe me your feeling or with Sprint with a Lego construction, pretty common as well and then this is here's another example of uh, story cubes if you're aware of it uh, just uh, making out an improvisation of uh, the random dice that you have to describe the sprint and in this specific case i remember that the team didn't want didn't feel like and then we ended up having a one and a half hour discussion and finally they said oh we finally need it. And, and you may know it as a facilitator, but you don't want to impose it since the very beginning. You just want to guide the team through that. So these kinds of gamifications like bring the team together and it's better than skipping the, the retrospective. Even if no deep conversation comes out of it, the team has been together and they spend some time together, which is always good. Uh, I think that there are always issues to discuss within the team, good or bad and we can extract that as facilitators from the team. Gamification always works, who is not up for a game. Uh, it doesn't feel like another series or just another meeting where people don't feel like going, it's boring, okay? And um, this creative gamification triggers the brain in different ways. Uh, it's, it's limiting you somehow, Lego, the, the dices, and you need to come up with something. And of course, it's uh, fun always 
and I'm going to the to the last, the tenth case. Uh, I had I had more cases, but I didn't want to to get you tired, and I just wanted to pick time box. Okay, we're fifteen minutes. Um, so this was a case of a departmental retro for non-agile teams. So it was a cross department retrospective between teams that were collaborating but they're not working under agile any agile framework uh, some of them yes some of them no so how you come up with something that brings those people together on the same table and discuss um ice breaking activities in order to engage all people and then unleash the creative power of the audience and i use the gallery retrospective why so here you can see like it's an icebreaker, the house of cards to, you know, build uh, nice things with the cards and collaborate. Uh, why? Um, people were cautious. Uh, they weren't coming like very comfortably in, okay, it's a retrospective or these guys that are playing all the time, but we are here for serious job. How can we do this? So. You need to take it easy about uh, and, and, and deliver it to them about what the retrospective is. Of course, you need to know your audience. In this case, I had creative people. They were marketing and design teams. Uh, as I said, uh, no, I didn't say that actually. So the background was also that there was a sense from one team to another that there was no understanding of what the other one is doing. So I really do my job well, but you don't understand. But how can we collaborate? So I wanted them to feel comfortable with one another, to sit together on the same table with people that are maybe not uh, usually collaborate closely. And of course, I wanted to give them space to express, to express themselves, express what they're doing, what are their struggles, and get understood by, by the other people. So I went with this, and then the teams had actually here uh, maybe it's the only case that I'm going a bit into the how of this canvas. So I had like uh, four or five teams uh, drawing posters of what they're doing. They were creative guys, so I was sure that they will come up with something creative. So they came up with things like this, which is simpler, like a graph of what they're doing. Okay, and then I called. That's why it's called the gallery retro because one team is doing the poster and then the rest of the teams are going there and once the poster is explained by the team that is created what they are doing, the other team tries, tries to find problems and solutions to the problems that the other one. So pinks are the problems, greens are possible solutions. So you you try to 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 give to the other team that is not understanding what the team is doing to give to to really get into their shoes understand their problems and maybe give solutions that are out of the box creative that the same team could not find maybe and some more creative uh, posters as i promised of course uh, these were designers and we had this empty one and then it went in with this um yes so basically that was it but of course all would be nothing without feedback and of course here is the point that i need uh, your first feedback about the uh, a more thorough and formal 
is gonna send out to you. And um, I just want to just click on the face here, go to the poll to just give me a first sense of how you felt about this presentation. And I'm saying here that all would be nothing without feedback because uh, okay, it's not to, to showcase that I'm a super uh, facilitator and scrum master here that you see all the uh, retro stuff or the retro votes to the happiest face. Um, but like taking feedback and seeing that people are liking the retro, uh, you go forward and you say, okay, maybe I followed like my gut and it was good or maybe I followed this strategy and it was good. There's a caveat here that maybe people don't want to insult you because you put in some effort and maybe they don't want to say this retro sucked. And maybe this leads into the need of some more serious retros further down the road. But it's all in expecting of that process. So uh, yeah, we're, we're learning. We're all learning when we do this kind of stuff. Um, now, questions. If you have more questions on what I've said to you. I actually would like to make a comment on that very last one. Um, and one. on your poll, yeah, that I, yeah. what I really love about this one is usually you see like just the three colors, the red, yellow, and green. Mm. And I love the, the gradient. Um, part where yeah it's green there's dark green there's a little bit lighter green and and same thing as you go along because yeah I don't know it just gives a different ability sometimes it's you're like yeah I don't know I'm somewhere in the middle um, so it helps you to be able to go higher than yellow but not all the way to the to the yes mm -hmm. it was it was fabulous so I really like that thank you Anybody else? Y'all have comments, thoughts, other um, contributions you want to make uh, to any of the ideas presented? Hi, this is Brianna. I have a question. Can you hear me? Yes. I actually have four questions, but I'm only going to start with one. So if nobody checks, <laughs> like, a whole bunch. So. Uh, Harris, thank you so much for your time. This was it was an honor to be here, and I'm very glad you were willing to share your thoughts. Um, my, I guess my most pressing question is: um, Do you ever find teams are are facing retros, retrospective exhaustion? Um, for example, I have a team like we handle retrospective constantly. We actually we're very good as a team communicating with each other. Exhaust, but we are starting to face exhaustion because we're constantly either giving or getting feedback, and there's just a point where we can't take any more. You know, like when when do we when is it okay to take a break? Thank you. Mm. If you feel like um, as a facilitator you're exhausted and you cannot go into the next session, not either with the ASAP sleeve format, then it's a warning for you as a person that maybe you you reach you know your limit. Then maybe is a point. So I, I want to make it gradient then it's the point when you can offer to someone else to be a facilitator as someone stated before and if no one wants to i think it's okay to take a break after all you're you're human you have your limits i mean 
uh, going uh, into a meeting like this with you know it's energy drainers uh, where you can't give your all or you can't be at least focused and do them the basics i think it's a signal that you need to take a break at least that would be my approach yeah i know some of the things i've seen other people do when they just kind of needed a break from like you said, just the repetitiveness or the stress of the retro is to do something like lean coffee where we just bring ideas to talk about. And, and I also saw another scrum masters, you one that was really cool. He did, um, he would incorporate the agile jeopardy. So if you know the jeopardy, um, game show, there's, you can go online and there's a jeopardy jeopardy game board, and they just did some of the um, just more question and answer, kind of like the gamification that Harris um, had already presented. And so it, it, it helped them to have the conversations they needed to have. And some of those conversations are, why do we feel exhaustion? over retrospectives yeah. maybe we're do maybe we're trying to do too much maybe we're talking about the wrong things but how could we actually do this differently yeah. I, I guess my rebuttal to that is the, the team i'm working with they we're all very good at giving feedback and it's not so much the style of how we get it i think it's just we've gotten to the point where we're not shy about talking to each other anymore. It doesn't matter if it's because we do, we do retrospectives consistently. We do one-on-ones consistently. We work with other teams consistently, but there's a point where you're just, you're getting so much information and it's either the same repetitive information. It's not a lot of new information or in the, in, in, in the COVID-19 period that we're in, I think we're also meeting out. So we're tired of talking to each other. This is just a point where maybe we want to work together, but we're starting to see like, we're very good at listening to each other, but there's a lot of problems we can handle. And there's a lot of problems we can't, but you know, we're just sort of tired of talking about, you know, issues that we, we we've identified and we are working towards, but maybe we just, we can't resolve. Uh, once again, as Asiri said, like, uh, feedback about the feedback, or retro about the retro, like this meta feedback or meta retro thing, uh, I would also try to, to gamify it. So something that is coming to my mind now is, for example, uh, okay, you want to give feedback, but you're pretty tired. Uh, restrict the vocabulary that you use. So say, for example, uh, okay, I'm going to give you feedback, but without using the word feedback or without using the word agile or scrum or whatever. So you kind of gamify it into the people's brains and then they start seeing it like, you know, change, reframing the whole thing about feedback. Or you could say like, okay, let's try not to give any feedback for the next two sprints. And we're gonna have um, a jar or something that we're gonna put coins. Every time that we want to give feedback, we won't give it and we're gonna put there a coin or a, I don't know, like a chewing gum or whatever. And then you kind of see uh, how much feedback is uh, piled up there. And uh, you know, like stuff like this. So I would use, I, I would try to simulate the situation in my mind that you were saying, and I would try something like this. Once again, try to gamify, to break the loop, break this routine, the bad routine, and try to make people think outside the box. Hi, Eris. Thanks for the Hi. enlightenment session. 
I have a question. Uh, as we scrum masters try to, I mean, the whole purpose is to make the team deliver consistently some value and make them or enable them become self-organized, right? In my view or in my perspective, I would say, I see that scrum master can make himself obsolete in most of the events, except the sprint retrospective where a neutral stand is required to see a third eye perspective, I would say. What are your thoughts and experience like in terms of sprint retrospective, it is difficult for a scrum master to make himself obsolete. Or uh, if, if it is the wrong understanding, I would like to enlighten myself. Could you please share some or shed some light on it? Yeah, I, I think maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but I think it's the same for, for a chef that goes into a restaurant to go and just enjoy his meal without judging how it's being cooked or something like that. You know, you, you're opinionated and you need to, uh, to try and to experiment. Uh, you have to really try not to be opinionated. So it's something, it, it's a skill that even if you are a scrum master, you craft throughout your experience and uh, you're becoming better at it. So obviously if let's say it's the first or the second retrospective of a developer of a designer or whoever he's not gonna be as neutral as you are because you've built expertise on this so the thing in order to make to make yourself obsolete is to push yourself to become obsolete and also push the team in a good way so not to say okay you screwed it up you were in neutral give positive feedback and give feedback anyway and negative as well uh, in a nice way in order for the people to learn and of course in this way maybe they're gonna try better next time so seeing the first like uh, drawback uh, of the new facilitator and you have to let go a bit of the thing. Okay, he, he, he's not going to be perfect. You're not either. No one is. I mean, we're humans. We're going to fall into mistakes. But that's how we learn. So you have there to apply your um, maybe private coaching skills to this guy and, or girl and just to teach him. Like your mentoring and teaching skills on how to do it better the next time in order to to give him, you know, the courage to go on. Thanks. I mean, you mean to say, if I understand it correctly, in short, and, uh, there should be a neutral facilitator even when that scrum master becomes obsolete. So someone should don the role of a neutral person, right? This cannot be a developer and a scrum master because shifting between two hats definitely has to uh, compromise one of them. So Scrum Master's role could not be obsolete. That was my understanding that it is very hard to make one's, oneself obsolete from a team. And one thing would be the sprint retrospective. Rest I could see somewhere here and there, there could be conversations going on. Team can become high performing. But this particular event, in my view or experience, I feel it is very hard. So just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, so, I mean, you cannot be obsolete. It's not a switch that you turn on and off. You cannot be obsolete from one day to another, or from one sprint to another. So uh, this person that needs to take over or the one that you see that he or she may be more eligible in taking over the role of the facilitator needs to shadow, needs to observe 
how you're doing it. And then of course you need to shadow and observe and give feedback. That's that's what I'm saying. So in order to make yourself obsolete, you have to take a step back and kind of fade out rather than just disappear. And um, obviously, as I said, he's not going to be the best. And and we we've seen pretty successful teams with uh, the scrum master have the two-headed role, being you know the team lead, the, the architect or whoever. But uh, what you try to to coach things to do to to coach people to do is that when you wear the hat of the facilitator it's the only hat that you can wear you cannot like step out and say when you're facilitating the retrospective okay i'm picking off the hat of the, of the facilitator and now i'm now the dev lead hey you're doing crap here no that doesn't work you you have to then then you have to be closer to these people in order to teach them how to do it properly it's gonna take time depends on the person and on the situation but it, it, i think that it's it can be achieved yeah thanks, so, thanks a lot yeah it, it sounds i agree it sounds like what you're really saying is that not only the scrum master can do this yes the scrum master can be obsolete because to be neutral is a choice and so whoever facilitates, they need to make the choice to be neutral. Not only the scrum master is able to do that, um, the scrum master has a stake in the game too, right? But they're choosing to be neutral. And so that's a skill like any other skill. Yeah, doesn't it go back to the same question of why? Why retrospectives are being conducted? If the purpose of the team is to get the self-improvement out of that session, then they will pretty well realize the uh, uh, purpose of having an impartial uh, facilitator or one of them standing and just uh, capturing the actions. I think that that difference should be obvious. And when you get to the self-organizing more, the boundaries between having a external neutral factor like scrum master and someone within the team stepping up to that role uh, will be becoming very blur mm -hmm. and don't forget the scrum master is part of the team the retrospective is the scrum team which is the development team the product owner and the scrum master and the scrum master is part of the team um so you know they're making whoever is facilitating which often is the scrum master they're choosing to be neutral. Um, hi, it's Radhika here. Um, I just hi. Uh, just have a uh, have a comment to add to the the question. Um, sorry, I, I forgot the name of the gentleman who asked the question about uh, the scrum master. Um, but uh, you know, a scrum master can become obsolete. Just um, sort of a little experience uh, that sort of. Um, from some of the teams in the past, um, not just from retro, even other um, sort of scrum events. Um, again, as you've already said, Harris, it's not something that you can do from day one, but eventually when sort of uh, the teams have observed and kind of seen what the whole uh, scrum concept is and the, and the framework, um, allowing or sort of uh, somebody else so I have at some point sort of said that next retro or next whatever I mean it could be planning that it's um, not so 
something that I am going to be facilitating. One of you need to do it. It has allowed probably to bring a slightly different flavor to the way it is conducted. Um, and, and also, um, I think it has made them understand um, why we're doing it and also help them understand sort of sometimes the challenges of other 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 roles so it's kind of helped us uh, to become a little bit more understanding of each other's challenges um so yeah it's not that scrum master necessarily becomes obsolete but uh, having a different person uh, conduct a particular um, event has certainly helped us um, a just bring a different perspective uh, of the way you know something can even be conducted and uh, just a better understanding of you know what each of the roles are probably facing as, as challenges so I wanted to be very careful when we're talking about scrum master obsolition and especially with retrospective within retrospective because remember that every event in Scrum is facilitated by a Scrum Master if asked. So it's not that Scrum Master by default is a facilitator. If the team requires facilitation, they can ask a Scrum Master to facilitate that. Otherwise, Scrum Master is a full member of the Scrum team and they fully participate. So they have their opinions, they bring the data, they, dis uh, they participate in whatever structure there is and they fully contribute. So uh, I'm not particularly sure if obsolution is a good way to speak about that, especially if we remember that Scrum Master serves on different levels. It serves on the team level, but also at the product owner level and organizational level. So uh, I think we are very far like, if the team doesn't need a facilitator in retrospective, Scrum Master has a range of services to offer to other participants to development team, to organization, to product owner. So um, I think the talking about Scrum Master obsolition is premature at this point. Awesome. All right, well, thank you everyone. Thank you, Harris, for presenting. Definitely appreciate your topic. And um, just a really quick, um, reminder here some of you are new and some of you have been here before in the session but this is presented by tandem coaching academy and one of the things that we want to offer you is as a member of this meetup if you have not already taken your advanced csm or csp um, scrum master course and you would like to join ours we um, offer you a discount of 25 percent off and this is the discount code you can use when you check out and that can be used on either one of those courses and the our courses are self-paced online so you do the work online you do a lot of the practice with your own teams you submit assignments and then we have weekly live mentoring groups that you can participate in and I lead those groups and so that we can just come together and learn together as a community while you're getting your education so if you have not done those yet you are invited to join us and um, welcome to use this discount code as a part of the meetup
Um, we did record today's session and we will be um, posting this session. It may take a couple of weeks to get out, it'll, but it'll be on tandemcoaching.academy. Um, and we look forward to having you in our next meetup, which is going to be in just a couple of weeks. And let me grab the topic for that one. Our next meetup is going to be on August 8th and it's going to be presented by Paulo Diaz and Paulo you're you're actually here today can you give us a wave can you turn your camera on or are you yeah. otherwise oh hello everyone hello. I didn't even see you up there I saw Pablo and I was I... thinking it was Paulo so that's Paulo up there and he'll be presenting a topic on business value so we invite you to return and look forward to seeing you then and then...